so really, we're going to have a great time this weekend. I, I just really want you to put on a mantle of expectation that you're going to go to another place in God. The, the proof of anyone's ministry is not what they preach, but the change that comes to those who hear. When the, a, a person is not fivefold because they can prophesy, they're fivefold because after they leave, you can prophesy. Prophecy is the gift, but the ones who equip, they're the prophets. We have a lot of prophets that will display their gift, but they won't teach other people how to do it. It can be a lack of information. It can also be a lack of security. Will you give your best secrets away to somebody else? If you won't, God won't give you any more. He's actually told me that. Because I've struggled with all those things just like you. If you help somebody too much, what if they pass you? You really have to be secure to help somebody and watch them pass you and be okay. It'll be a heart checkup from the neck down. Are you with me? Your head has to align with your heart. So really, one of the things that I believe that before, we need to learn how to fall before him before we stand before people. I don't get on my knees just to pray. I get on my knees for several reasons every time I get ready to speak in a place I've never been before. First of all, I'm taking authority in this geographical position. Second of all, I'm getting it straight that I'm not operating out of my past success. I'm operating before him. Don't ever get so good at what you do, you don't need his presence. You could actually have success and miss your destiny. Don't think success is destiny, but destiny always has success. Are we together here? Now tonight, I really felt not to get my sermon out. I'm just going to talk out of my heart. Are you with me? Because I'm going to talk. I, the pastor can take what I say and put it into sermons because then he'll explain everything you didn't get and uh, break it down. But what I want to do is just, just sort of download from heaven tonight the best that I can so you can leave with the best that he has. I just want to ask a question. This is very different. I normally don't go this way. But, but first of all, I'm assuming there'd be a lot of, but I just heard the name John. Now, there, if there's a John here, would you raise your hand? Normally you have about, you know, if you say Dale, there's never a Dale around the table, but there's all, okay, I want all the Johns just to stand up because I'm going to just look and then I want to ask a second question. Because the second question is going to be the qualifier. There's only four Johns. That's amazing. Okay. So I heard this name like Bowen, Bowen, Bowen. Does that mean anything? That last name? Bowen, Bowen? I can't. It's like a B. Okay. Well, this is... Uh, I've never done this before like this. My wife will tell you. I just felt like God... I always like to ask God, do something I've never done before. So this is what I tell people. If you think I know, if you look at me and say, I don't think he knows what he's doing, you're exactly right. 
but I know exactly who I'm following. So that puts me a step ahead of my ignorance. <laughs> Listen, don't ever get so good it looks like it's inbuilt. It's built in you. Are you hearing me? So, so let's just have some fun before we go any further. So uh, I'm going to go to the people that live. You live on Bowen Street? Bowen, Bowen. Okay, would you both stand up? And if all of you just forbear, I'm just going to... You know, if you have this, if you have an Apple, I, must, I don't know if this is being recorded, but we always tell people to put it on your iPhone because something really... I, in 30 seconds, I could keep you busy for five years. And, it, and if they record it, they only charge $99. But here, you get a... No, just kidding. You know that. It's just a joke. Okay, your first name is? Tommy and... And you guys are married, right? Okay, Tommy, first of all, I just felt like I saw God drawing a straight line to your heart. And he said, this is going to be a time your heart's going in a straight line. You're not going to lean to the left or the right, but you're going to be led of the Spirit. I'm not talking about a general principle. There's something God's about to give you direction. And when you do it, it'll bring you to success. You're going to so know this is the will of God, the way of God. And you're going to feel the anointing. And it's actually going to open up a door. Your obedience is going to open up a door. Your talent can't. And I just believe it's going to bring you to another level of success. And so, Tommy, uh, Stephanie, I'm, I'm with, okay. Stephanie, I just felt like I saw you coming up. You know in New York City how they have those little things that come up out of the ground that they deliver things down into restaurants, and, and, and it's not that it goes down. What's that about? You're looking at him. You, know, you just know what I'm talking about. I thought it rang a bell. Okay, just, okay. I just don't know. So as this, I felt like I saw it coming up and I felt like you were putting something in this lift and it was going down. But God said, what you're putting in depositing is about to come up in another place where people are being served, but you're putting a deposit in the spirit. And I just speak dreams from heaven are coming to you in Jesus name. Okay. Now, where are my four other Johns? And who was the guy with the, with the construction? You don't work for them, do you? Okay, but you knew about that. Okay, so you know. So, John, this is what I'm going to say to you. I feel like this is going to be a time of revelation to your spirit. And I don't know why, but I felt like I saw you kicking your foot over your head. And God said, you're about to walk beyond what you can think. And you're about to have some experiences that are going to stretch you. But like a soccer player, it's going to give you a move that cannot be defended. You ever play soccer? You ever kick over your head? Okay, I'm glad you did it. I'm too old for that. God bless you. Now, that's amazing, isn't it? Okay, where's this John over here? This one right here looking at... Your name is? Yeah, I should... That's really pathetic. What's your name? It's John. <laughs> Just when I was impressive. Okay. <laughs> Are we having fun yet? <laughs> okay, John, I felt like this... I felt like I saw you drawing, driving a car into an auto mechanic and God said, I'm about to put a new engine in your vision. And God said, you're, you're, you're trading in for, I, I felt like this, it felt like they were pulling out a four cylinder and I felt like it was almost like you had a geographical region. Like, you know, sometimes people are regional salesmen and they north, south, east, and west. That's what it speaks to me. But I felt like God said, I'm giving you an eight-cylinder, which is a new beginning. And it's more power. And I just felt like God said, a spirit of promotion is over you. And you're about to enter into some things in the realm of the spirit. 
of God's goodness to you. And I felt like this, a gift of faith is being released. It's going to open up a door that uh, is, is going to go to a series of doors. And the Lord said, don't be impressed with the first door, but watch how this series of doors. And I almost felt like you were going to have to choose. And don't be quick to think the one right in front of you is the best choice. Just be observant. I really felt that you were, God was giving you a latitude of choice, but there was actually a better choice and he would show you. So I bless you in Jesus' name. And I, one last thing, I think you're, well, I'm not going to say, I just heard the number 42. Now you're not 42. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. I, I was going to say, see, this is where you have to be, you have to be really careful. In the natural, I would rather him think, I do look that young. But if I say he's younger than that, older than, you know, that, there's repercussions. Offering goes down. It just hurts. <laughs> you always want to, especially women, never. Okay. But John, <laughs> let me ask you this. So, so, like, okay, when I get a number, I'm not trying to guess somebody's age, but sometimes it is. If I get their age, it means it's an L word. Then it, if not, you're, you're not like, you're not between 42, 50. Where are you at? Tell me your age. Okay, but, but, but tell me, what's your age right now? Oh, come on. You were younger than that. Okay, now this is what I have to ask you. I'm going to tell you something. You're still too young to be a Joshua. Hang in there. You'll get there. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you. I felt like when I saw 42, there was something very significant God did in your life. I saw literally eight years in front of me, and it went to 50. I, feel, I felt like this, that there was something you need to look back at 42, 50, because there's a connection, and it's going to, I really felt like there's something about this, when you turn 72, it's going to be an open door for you that you don't even expect. Now, let's just watch what God does. I'm going to ask you, I don't have time to go into it. Does the year 42 mean anything to you when you're 42 years old? It has to come. And what I say is it'll come up out of your spirit. And I'm using you, John. Don't tell me. But what I'm saying is when it comes to your spirit, you'll know. Then you'll look at 50. You'll connect it. And, it's, and it has a mystery that'll make sense. So like a dream, a dream lost, a dream gained. Uh, a relationship, something like that. But you'll see, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the way you look at your 72. Okay, does that make sense? I'm explaining this a little bit laboriously to him. So when I give you numbers, you'll know the way I think prophetically. Every prophet works differently with numbers. This is my system, the way God works with me. Not everybody needs to do it that way. You hear what I'm saying? But, okay, thank you, John. Watch, watch what God does. Listen to that word. I'm, I'm like Paul Harvey. I want to know what happens to you at 72. Amen. Now, in John, what's your name? Uh, John, here I am. Another John. What's your, okay, John, just for the tape, last name? Okay, so they, they know you here, right? Okay, John. John, what I felt was, this is very interesting, I felt like I saw your eyes go across the piano keyboard and they landed on a computer. I feel like this, your worship is about to turn into ideas. And when you worship God, it was like the, and I don't know what it is, the worship, those keys, literally, as you worship, there's going to be keys of information and strategy. And God said, I'm giving you a genius 
to have an overview. And the Lord said, I want you to trust me for wisdom like Solomon by asking for it. I just really felt, just, just say, God, I'm asking you for wisdom. Just say it out loud. That's all Solomon did. He made it a prayer. He was not naturally wise. If he was, he wouldn't have had to pray for it. Are you with me? Now, watch wisdom come to you. Everybody just say, God, give me wisdom. Do you know when you ask that, that's a biblical prayer? And what you're actually saying is, I know you made me bright, but I need your thoughts, not mine. Okay, does that help anybody? Okay, I want you to do this right now. Just take your hand, put it over your heart, and just say this. In his genius, he created me. There'll never be another me. I'm his one shot at one thing that nobody can do like me. And if I don't do it, it may not get done. I don't believe in plan B Christianity. You were born in this generation because you fit here. I'm so glad I wasn't born when all they had was horse and buggy. How many of you are glad you have social media? In, now some of you are like, forget that. I'm going to tell you, you can reach a lot of people different ways. Every, every day, every generation had its reason, but I believe we're in the place, think about this, any miracle that happens can go around the world instantly and you don't even have to have a TV program. God has access to the airwaves. We say, I know that, but I'm telling you what, the average Christian can have what only sometimes the devil's camp had. We can actually beat them with our iPhones. Think about that. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. 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 This is acceptable. John Bowens. Yeah. No. See now. Yeah, yeah, and, and I have another John in the back, but I'm going to go John Bob. And now, you know what they call this? Uh, that's a, this is a prophet's relief. I got a name. Okay, hallelujah. Okay, so, okay. Now, I'm going to give a word, first of all, to John, to John Bowen. Okay, now, this is a thing. Now, John, you must be very special to the Lord's heart because he gave me your name, and you're not at this meeting, but your friend is. And I felt like this. I felt like I saw a key break off in an ignition, and God said, where you can't get it to work. And, you know, when you break off a key in an ignition, now they don't have them anymore because you have a little button. You can tell how old I am. But this in the key, this is the thing. God said, I'm getting ready to reconnect the shaft to the key and something broken is about to be mended by the power of God and you're going to be so thankful for, to watch what God does there's a miracle coming your way that literally is going to be key to the very thing you've been asking God in Jesus name what's your first name Alan Alan, Alan I felt like I saw you hitting uh, 
you were in an elevator and you weren't hitting the button, but you were hitting up on the speaker and you were saying, uh, uh, let me out. And the thing was, the elevator wasn't moving and it was like a power failure. And God said, this is going to be a time you're going to, uh, and as you're hitting it, nobody's answering, but you look down and you read the directions on the side of it. And as you read it, uh, I saw you fall on your knees, started to pray, and the elevator started to move. And I felt like this. God said, halfway through the instructions, you're going to realize, I need the power of God. And the Lord said, you're going to be in a situation. And the Lord said, even as you humble yourself and pray, you're going to see something stuck get moving. And so, Father, I thank you for the anointing. And I thank you, Father God, that this is going to be a, 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 a season of clarity. And I felt like you went down in the basement. And I felt like God said, you're about to get some things you've never had before. And I felt like when you, you grabbed this one thing, and it felt like this big bowl of glory come over you. And as you walked into the elevator, I saw rejection fall off your back pocket. Now, I just release that anointing over you because God is about to rejoice over what he's doing in your life. Okay. Thank you for that, Alan. Thank you. That was good. Okay. And we have a John in the back there. And uh, I'm not going to ask. I got it. Just so you know that you don't think my brilliance comes from me. Okay. That's just, that probably is God just helping you. Okay. So, John, I, I can't see you very well, but from here, what I, what I want to say to you, uh, and you look like a younger man, but I, I wasn't planning on this. These things come to me. This is the deal. If I don't do what comes to me, the meeting's over. Do you understand? So if I get it, I give it. If I don't, if I don't get it, I don't give it. But I don't know why, but I just saw the number 18. I can't even tell. I can't even see your face, so I have no idea. Where, how, how old are you? 15? Okay. You know, because from here, you could be, you know, 12 or 50. You, I just saw your blur. Okay. Okay. What I really feel like the Lord's saying, son, the next three years are going to be marked years of the power of God in your life. And God said, you're going to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a very, very unique way. Uh, I don't know why... Uh, I don't know if you do anything with music, but I just felt like God said, I'm putting a Judah anointing over you. And I'm going to cause you to start entering into realms of my spirit. And God said, at 18, your whole life is going to take another turn. You're looking at one thing, but God said, when you turn 18, I'm going to show you another. And I just felt like God said, heaven's about to intercept you. So, Lord, I just released. And I felt like I saw angels coming to you in your sleep like Jacob. And God said, in a hard place, I'm going to tell you to do the right thing. And when you do it, it's like a breaker anointing. So, Father, I thank you. And I just feel this. I feel there's a strong prophetic anointing coming over your life. Let's see what the Lord does, John. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Are we all doing good here? So let me get back. You know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach, prophesy a little bit. And uh, I just want to encourage you to come because, you know, that meeting, you may not come. I may get your name. Anyway, <laughs> I like to have a little leverage there. Is that okay? Have a little bit of fun. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I, I want you to think about this with me for a minute. I want to just talk about my David book on identity. Now, we have a real good deal. I just say this, the book, you know, and David perceived he was king. I want to read you the scripture, and then I'm going to speak on it just a couple of minutes. And out of 2 Samuel 5, 12, 
And if you want to put it on the overhead, you can. I use the King James Version on this one. Second uh, Samuel 5.12. And David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel, that he had exalted his kingdom for his people Israel's sake. Now, this is, I'm going to start first of all, and David perceived. When I read this scripture, what it told me is the crown was resting on his head, but he didn't yet get it. He was the king. How is that possible? I'm going to tell you how it's possible. Because David, to this point, everything he gets is taken from him. He is overlooked by his father, yet chosen by God. Your dad's opinion is not God's opinion. And even if your dad has a good opinion, God's is still better. Everybody has to get over something from their father and mother. I've actually saved up funds for my children to get over me. In counseling, you know. <laughs> Why am I saying that? I'm not Jesus. I was feeling guilty one day. How many of you ever felt guilty about the way you raised your kids? Something, a little bit. It came to me and the Lord said, what are you doing? I said, well, I wish I'd... He said, if you feel guilty about the way you raise your kids, the devil has access to still mess with them. But if you have faith for your kids, then I can mess with them. I got so delivered of guilt. Next time you want to feel guilty, stop it. Because guilt never makes a parent better. It makes them worse. Okay? So some of you just got... Psh, what your kids say does not match what God says. And if you're listening to your kids, you're being manipulated by them and not empowered by God. Did that help anybody else? Okay. I never said it quite like that. You guys are drawing it out. Okay, let's talk. I want to talk about something before I go to David. The pastor brought up something really good. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you hang around dumb people, you actually get stupider. I'm telling you, there's some people I leave quick. Not because they're not smart. They're, they have a demon dumb spirit on them. You know what that means? They think of life without God and there's no genius. There's no genius of faith. Now there are people that have visions in, in the world. I'm not putting down, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, even some of the most genius people in the world... I don't know how to say it. They were like hell to work with. Read it. There was no joy to be around them. They never enjoyed their genius. They were driven. That don't sound like a good word. Obsessive. Sounds like torment to me. Now, if you want that, that's up to you. But I'm going to tell you something. The more you relax, the greater your genius comes out and you can actually enjoy it and people will like being around you at the same time. There is a way that's better than the world's. So in this, let's just, I'm going to talk about the, the, what was that? The recognition of the gift. I really, we were praying a couple nights ago and I heard the Lord say this, I need to get the hometown attitude off my saints. Because when Jesus was in his own hometown, he couldn't do any miracles. But I'm going to a place you don't think. 
And what the Lord said to me, he said, would you quit having a hometown attitude toward yourself? You know your brothers, you know your sisters, you know where you've lived. And when Jesus comes in you, you won't let him do any miracles because you know you. And God said, you need, the church needs to get rid of the hometown attitude because you're locking up the Jesus that's in you. I just want you to say, he can do all things through me. I'm anointed, and he can do it. Now, Jesus Christ is not his last name. We don't know the last name of Joseph, but it wasn't Christ. And you have, as a Christ un, an anointed one, you take on his last name, and you need to get rid of the hometown attitude you have about yourself, let alone other people. Some of us need to get in place, well, Lord, if you did it through them, you can do it through me. How many of you just say, God, use me? Okay, he saw that. He, has, he already put some things in your calendar. Some of you whispered it. He saw that. Some of you didn't say anything. He still has you. Get ready. So, so David perceived the Lord had established him. First of all this, if you establish yourself, somebody can unestablish you. If the Lord establishes you, hell can't move you. When God set the stars, he set the place into motion. What he sets stays. But if you want to, you can be a shooting star. But the end is not good. But when he establishes you, and he said he established him king over Israel. Now, how many of you know God didn't need a thousand kings over Israel? But he's a, it's a principle is he's establishing people for certain parts, and every person is very important. God is establishing you in the body of Christ. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit with identity. How many of you know that your identity is number one, is as a son or a daughter. I'm going to use sons because we have to be the bride of Christ. So women, you get to be sons on this count because I'm not going to just try to be politically correct by saying it every time and wasting time, okay? So we got that one covered. Okay, so everybody say, because I'm a son, I have privileges. Now, do I have a, I'm going to just, I just want to, Take a minute here. Is there somebody here that has a, a, a son in this room? A father and a son? A father and a daughter? A, a father and a daughter? Where are we, where are we at? Okay. Okay. Do you... Do, do, I, I, I like this. I like this better. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but I want to give somebody else. Uh, is, there, is there a man with a daughter? That works the best. Could you come up with your daughter, please, sir? Now, these are underage, underpaid actors, so... Don't, just let them come up here because this works better. Now, what I find is if you can remember this, and I just need one daughter, just one daughter, whoever, okay. If you just come on up here and what you're going to do is basically ask, uh, what's your first name? Rick. Rick, your last name? Touring. Uh, Touring. Touring, okay. So, uh, I want you to turn to your dad and say, uh, Mr. Toring. Mr. Toring. I have faith in my faith. 
I have faith in my faith that what I ask you for, that what I ask you for I'm, gonna receive. I'm going to receive. Did you like that? Yes. You, you, Mr. Toring? Thank you. Mr. Toring. Mr. Toring. Do you like, Miss, do you like Mr. Toring? As a name? No. <laughs> what? Okay. Rick, okay. Are, are you, uh, oh, I know. I know what you'd like. Mr. Rick. <laughs> Is this work? Yes. Mr. Rick? Dad. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. 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 Now, I'm, I'm making a point here. Are you catching what I'm getting at? Okay. Now, they're a little bit nervous. They're trying to please me, but I want you to relax because this is the deal. What I'm saying is this is so natural. What I'm trying to point, and you're getting it. Because I'm forcing them to say something unnatural. Okay. Do you know sometimes we come to God with faith in our faith? But. Dad. You're the wisest. You're the strongest. You're the best dad in the world. You're the best dad in the world. I don't know what I'd do without you. I don't know what I'd do without you. Can I have $10,000? <laughs> Can I have $10,000? Yeah. He is already digging in his pocket. Why? Because the relationship is right. It's not Mr. God. God is getting so freaked out by everybody calling him Mr. God. I have faith in my faith, Mr. God. Like, what happened to Dad? Do you know why the Bible says by his spirit we call him Abba Father? Because it isn't natural for us to do it out of our natural mind. It takes the Spirit of God to make you call him Dad and believe it. See, some of you call him Dad, but you don't believe it because the Spirit hasn't connected it. You got your verbiage right, that's good. But until you really see him as your dad. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If there was a man, Josh, if you stand over here a minute, would you just stay over there, sir? Josh, just stand over a minute, I'm going to tell you. If Josh, and Pastor, you stand up. Now, oh, if, and, well, I don't know. His, why don't you sit down? You're sick. I'm going to let you go. I mean, you're healed. You're healed. You're healed. <laughs> I got to say, right. Uh, this man over here with the, uh, with the beard, yes, okay. If, if he was coming, like in slow motion, if he was coming to attack her, I'm going to tell you something. It's, start doing it in slow motion. I'm, this is like a movie. You're coming to attack. And Josh, of course, he's a part of this church. He's looking at him and thinking, I think maybe I should take him out. He's thinking, how big is he? Do I, what can I do to take him? Do you know, what, you know what dad's saying? He ain't looking at how big he is. He's looking at his daughter and saying, this guy is going to lose no matter what. Do you see the difference? He's looking at the enemy. He's looking at his daughter. When the devil comes after you, he ain't looking at the devil. He's looking at you. And there ain't no way he's going to let the enemy take him out. Josh would be there to stop him. His father will be there two steps quicker because it's his daughter. And every father understands that. Are you getting a picture here? 
want to do one more thing before we leave. Okay, if you just stand there. Uh, uh, now, this, please, don't leave. Don't throw stuff. This is only to make a point, okay? I'm actually nicer than this, but I have to do this for a minute. Okay, uh, have you written three books? No. I, I want you to know I have. I'm actually on my fourth and fifth. Um, have you traveled around the world? No. Oh, thank God, some have. I have been, do you want me to tell you how many nations I've been in? I've been in a lot of nations. Uh, have you prophesied over tens and tens of thousands of people? No. <laughs> Jimmy, the cricket, this is good. Okay, now let's stop around. Now I want to show you something. Okay? Uh, Rick, uh, would you be willing to help me buy a car? You really would? <laughs> you would? Could I stay at your house? Yes, absolutely. How about for the next year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he would throw me out after a year because I am a mess. You would not put me up for a year. Now, this is the part I'm saying, really. I know that you're supposed to as a Christian, but the truth is, after a month, you'd be so done with me. And if you've helped me out with a car, it might be like $100. But I'm going to ask you something. Would you really help her out with a car? Yeah, absolutely. More than me? For sure. <laughs> Could she stay at your house at any time? Yeah, of course. Could I come any time? No. Probably not. <laughs> okay, now we're getting down. So what I'm saying to you, it's more important to be a daughter to the father than to be important. And this is where the church is all messed up. We're trying to be more important instead of being a son and a daughter to the Father. God help us. Just close your eyes right now and just say, Father, I'm your privileged son, or you can say daughter, and everything I have need, you hear it. Because you're my father. We have a relationship. The devil can't separate. You protect me. You watch over me. It's your delight to give me the kingdom. Now look at me for a minute. I'm going to just tell you something. You men, how many of you here have grandkids? As your hands are up, I'm going to ask, look around. How many of you think you have more fun watching your kids open, grandkids open up the gifts than they have getting them? You know, it's like, but how many of you don't want your grandkids going over and grabbing the present? You want them to grab you. Are we, are we on the same page? I don't care what I get. I just want to see the fingerprints of my father on it. Because if it don't have his fingerprints on it, even if it's lesser, I don't want it. I just want to know that it came from my father. Let's give these underpaid, wonderful actors a hand. Hallelujah. You guys did so good. The, the, the problem is I get, 
I get people like Rick that are so soft-hearted. I will do this. Some people, they, they'll look at me, no way you're coming into my house. No, I ain't helping you buy a car. Who do you think you are? You know, they're, they're already upset because I treated their son or daughter that way, but you, are you with me? The reality is, think about this. You will give keys to your sons and daughters to your house, but you don't give them to anybody else. They have privileges. If I come to your house and I open up your refrigerator without talking to you, it's considered rude. But you could have a son half drunk come in and open up the refrigerator. You wouldn't blink an eye. Why? He's still your son. So, actually, it's better to be a son that's messed up than an orphan who's perfect. Because an orphan has no home. You know what an orphan is? Is basically somebody who has a father, but they don't know him. An orphan always has a father. They just don't know him. Do you know what? We can be saved and not know him and carry an orphan spirit. Are you following me? And so we're having faith in our faith instead of having privilege in our relationship. Don't put away your faith. Put your faith on top of the relationship. I'm never against anything. People will say to me, say, well, what do you believe? Do we need the prophetic or do we need the word of God? I said, well, tell me, do you want your leg or your arm? I actually want both. Why are you trying to decide which is more important? When I'm catching a basketball, I like having hands to catch it, but I like having legs to run with it and to jump. I actually like everything. And it's stupid to try to, to decide what is the most important. It's actually a game of pride instead of a game of reason. The reason is, if he gave it to us, we need it. Use it. And quit trying to decide what's most important because when people do that, whatever they try to prove is most important, it's what they do. I didn't know if you know that. I'm just giving you a clue to make them stop it. Hallelujah. Okay. Are we help? Okay, I'm preaching. Uh, you know what? I think I'm preaching. I just saw the fire of God just go across the top over to this side. And I know it's not a, I know it's not a side issue, but my question is, what's through that door? Okay. I really feel like this. The fire of God is coming over the staff of this church. And I heard the Lord say, as it goes through the staff, the Lord said, it's going to be like the rod of Moses. And God said, what you throw down is going to take on the ability to swallow Egypt's magic. And the Lord said, there's coming an anointing out of this house that literally swallows up witchcraft, magic, and things that have been sent against. I really, want to, I really want to say this, that there's an anointing in this house to crush the serpent. Now, in this, let me just be real spiritual. Uh, how many of you, I had a friend who used to go around and clean up 
that, you know, he worked for some kind of company. I'm not going to say the name. It came to me, but I don't want to put it on tape. But he would go in and they would spray all these restaurants. He said from five star to a half a star. And he would often go in at night and that would, they had keys to treat it and said the thing that was interesting was when you turn on the lights, you see cockroaches running. He said even in the best restaurants, the half stars, the whole floor moved. But he said, when you turn on the lights, they run. Now, do you know if we go around just trying to step on cockroaches, we could step on a sheep? Because cockroaches run over everything, including even sheep. But if we turn on the light, we'll get rid of them. And I really feel like that God is turning on the light and some of the cockroaches from hell are running off the body of Christ and off the sheep. And what's going to happen is we've been trying to pull cockroaches off a of sheep, but I believe God's glory is getting so hot, demons are going to leave people. Deliverances are going to happen under the anointing. People are going to repent. And the power of God's going to set people free that when you get around people, the anointing that's on you is going to start annoying the cockroaches on them that drives them off. And actually sets them free. You don't know the anointing. that You have more anointing in your hand than the devil wants you to believe. I love what Jesus said. Tell them that I'm casting out demons by the finger of God. Didn't even have to get the whole arm or hand involved. Just finger of God. I like that. I like that. So anyway, let's go back. I am preaching a sermon. Okay. So David perceived the Lord had established him, king over Israel. I'm going to stop right there. How many of you, your identity is as a son unto him? Okay, that's, that's good. A Christian. Okay. Now, saying you're a Christian is like saying to me, I'm talking about identity, that you're a baseball player. Okay, everybody in, okay, or baseball. If your wife doesn't get it, explain it at home, okay? Now, how many of you know, I'm going to just, I have this in my David book, and, and, but I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Is in high school, the guy hits home runs, strikes everybody out. He's simply that good. College, he strikes everybody out, gets on base almost all the time. He's really good. Professional baseball, he strikes a lot of people out. He has not gone on base in the last five years, and they call him the pitcher. In high school, he thought he was a home run hitter and a pitcher because at that level, he was so far ahead of everyone, they couldn't tell what he was. He didn't even know what he was. In college, it was getting a little bit clearer. In professional baseball, they will not let him mope on the bench because he hasn't hit everything, anything in three years. Actually, if he hits anything, they consider it a miracle, an accident. <laughs> and you know what the strange thing is? They do not give him batting practice. What they work on is getting him 5% better as a pitcher. Because if he can get 5% better, they'll have a World Series. If he gets 1,000 times better... He'll be batting one, one, one. Are you with me? 
because he can't hit anything. So now I'll just be hitting not 333. He'll be hitting like 005. Like, who needs that? What am I saying? In football, in most sports of speed, if you're a half a step better, you're a star. If you're a full step better, you're a superstar. Do you know if you can find out what you're good at as a Christian and get one step better and be an expert in the area, what could the church win? If you took nine of the best pitchers and put them on one team, they'll never win a World Series. Because they'll never, ever score a run. But they'll strike everybody out. Except they'll get one run. But the pitchers, how many of you know, if the body of Christ don't find our position, we're never going to win the, the end-time revival of billion souls. And if somebody that has a... a what are they, $120 million contract? As a pitcher, and when he goes out in the field and stands on first base, they'll fire him because that's not what he was contracted for. You got saved. What you got saved for is greater than what you got saved from. My question is, what did you get saved for? Let's get to it. Somebody come to me one time. I was, I was leaving a meeting. I was prophesying. You didn't tell me when I need to quit. What, just tell me up. about nine. We'll do, we'll do, we can do a little better than that. And I don't want to minister in between, so keep it from being boring. Because that keeps you on edge, you know? It's like, okay? And it keeps it fresh for me, too. That way we just go. Okay, what, did, what was I just saying? I just... Yeah, oh yeah. Somebody came to me and said, you know, they said, Dale, you know that prophecy thing, you, you're really good at it. And I looked at him and seen that when I was a young Christian, oh, it's nothing. What, what did it say? That what the Lord just did through me is nothing? That's not giving him glory. False humility sits at the gate of hell, is responsible for nothing, it does nothing. Get rid of it, church. You know what I said to him? I said, I know, that's what I made for him. I only have one question. What were you made for? Because whatever it is, you're really good at it. Church, quit looking at somebody else beside you. Even if you're a prophet, don't look at me. Don't try to wear my mantle. Be the, an original. We are so tired of repeats. Are you with me? I don't really enjoy hearing myself preach. I'm already me, preaching. I actually prefer to listen to somebody else preach. Do we have a big usher that could just throw out this? I'm telling you what. God. Pastor Clay, take care of this. <laughs> Okay, we have to have a little bit of fun. Ooh, that hurt, baby. Okay, okay, I recovered. Okay, here we are. We're good, we're good. Don't be insecure, Don't be insecure. okay. Now, the only thing I have to ask is, uh, okay. We do have a separate hotel. I can, no. <laughs> okay, where are we at here? I, I got to get back to my story. So this is the deal. What are you good at? I'm going to tell you one of the ways. Listen to the stories that people say about you.
When people talk to you, things they remember about you. Think about when you felt the greatest anointing. What I'm going to tell you is this. When you get in what you're made for, you draw the greatest level of anointing. I believe that every Christian should have the joy of casting out a few demons, prophesying several times. I've actually had a person, I prophesied this one pastor, and it was really good prophecy. There was this little kid that just prophesied detail, this, 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 and this. Now, they, they hardly ever do it like that, but they did it right beside me. And I said, okay, God, show me what's going on. He said, they don't have a junior Holy Spirit but they cannot judge prophecy like you, and they couldn't do that on a continual basis. But I'm just showing them who I am in them. And because you're there, there's also an overflow of a mantle. So the thing is, I really believe that, first of all, I think some of the best coaches were great players. How many of you know, have you heard of the, is it the Suns? Not the sons. Who, who are the people that made all those three-pointers? Uh, uh, Steph? The Warriors. the Warriors. Steph, all the three-pointers. That was a couple years ago. Do you know that he had more three-pointers than almost the whole NBA? But guess who his coach was? Steve Kerr, who played for the Bulls, who was a three-point man. You didn't know that, did you? What they would do, he was so short... They would wait till about the third, fourth quarter when the big guys couldn't block his shot and their legs were tired, and he'd sit out there and give Michael Jordan a break, and he'd go, bip, 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 shooting three points, go back and watch the games. He never started. He had to wait till they got tired. So he'd come in and just blast these tired guys out, and after they're getting tired running after him, they bring back Michael Jordan, and he runs past these tired guys that's been ch chasing this short guy. Now he coaches, and his team shoots more three points. Why? Because what was on the head, okay, what's on the, is flowing on the body. This is, a, this is a thing, but if you disconnect from the head to get ahead, you'll fall behind. Connections are everything. The more his voice is in your voice, the more impact you'll have. I don't want to hear my voice in my voice. And what we're about to do is beyond us, but not without us. I want you to say this. What we're about to do is beyond us, but it's not without us. So God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap. You know, just somebody. Now, do you realize God's not that picky? I mean, look at all the people he saved. But being saved is different than somebody standing in the gap. That's somebody that knows how to work between heaven and hell while standing on earth. Not lose their head, not get ahead, not fall behind, but be right in the realm of the Spirit. It is not easy. It's like riding a bicycle. When you stop, it's harder to balance. It's better to keep moving in the Spirit. Balance is easier. If you start, you know, I, people will say, you know, well, they got burned out in ministry. I only have one question. What were they burning? Because God's presence never burns out. It burns in. Now, if I'm burning ministry, that'll burn out. I'm no better than the crowd standing in front of me. But if, if, I'm, if I stand in him, it doesn't matter whether it's the 12, the 5,000 being fed. It's just the fact that I'm in him.
Jesus sometimes sent the multitudes away and then he went and prayed. Not many preachers would do that. Hang around, let's keep on going. He was not fixated by the crowds, but he didn't try to avoid them. He was on a mission. Don't ever think nobody's important and don't miss your crowds. Jesus did all of it. Find the woman at the well. You ever think about the woman at the well? I just want to give you a little bit. Uh, do you realize it says in the Bible that Jesus was tempted in every way the way we were? One time I said, God, I never see Jesus being tempted with lust. He said, what about the woman at the well? Five husbands, one she's living with is not hers. How many? She had to be good looking. That was a fox at the well. The fox was at the well. Because in those days, if you weren't married, you were dumped. But cute gets a pass. And she must have been really cute. All the disciples are away getting food. And Jesus is sitting in the well with a knockout of the whole region. And when the disciples come back, they said, what are you doing with her? Read it again. Because they're looking at me. Whoo! She is good looking. And you, Jesus, you were all by yourself. I'm going to tell you how Jesus overcame lust. He never looked at her beauty. He told her about her past and got right to her heart. He was not moved by anything. He ministered to life. Most people, they just close their eyes. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus looking at her and say, I'm going to use you to bring the whole town to me. The Listen, don't tell me the devil didn't have her coming when the only time all the disciples are gone, Jesus could have done whatever. If you don't make that real, I'm going to tell you something. When something pops up on your computer, hit delete and say, Jesus, that's my worship of you. Don't make it a no to sin. Make it a yes to worship. You'll do better. If you keep trying to fall out of bed, <laughs> it, that's not as good. And you turn it into victories instead of the other. So I'm trying to help. Are we having fun yet? Is this good? Okay. And now I'm going to come back to something a little bit lighter because I can feel a little bit of... Okay, okay. Anyway. Okay. And first of all, it said he had established him as king over Israel. He had exalted his kingdom for his people's Israel's sake. Now, I'm going to say this to you. If God's going to exalt... When it says his kingdom... And, and in this... It isn't the big H. It's really talking about everything that, Dev, that David touched was exalted, literally, for his people Israel's sake. And that, well, and you know, we know this, that you can look at it that David's exalting God's kingdom, but David, God exalted David's kingdom to help Israel be established. Let me put it like this to you. Let's suppose that, uh, that I, I like to use this example. Let's suppose that everybody I pray for of cancer is healed. But I just lost my second business and I'm bankrupt. But everybody I touch is healed. If you had cancer, would you let me pray for you? Well, I'm bankrupt. But I was healed from cancer. When I lay hands on people, they get healed of cancer. How many come and say, you can't pray for me, you're bankrupt. 
How many would still receive a miracle if you can't, if you are with me? Now, how about a year from now, you come back, hey, there's a guy that's bankrupt and everybody gets, he prays for it, gets healed of cancer. I say, I got a good report. I made another investment. Actually, I'm a multimillionaire. How many of you start asking me about business? Why? Why didn't you ask before? I was bankrupt. If you don't win, you can't lead people into victory. You have to win, but if only you win, that's not destiny. You win to help other people win. That's why people that have healing ministries always, that are really phenomenal, they had terminal diseases, they were healed, and God said, I didn't just heal you of a terminal disease, so you would stay at home and say, I'm so glad I'm healed. I want you to get out there and use your life to get people to believe that I'm the healer, and then I'll heal through you. Some of you struggle with identity. That's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book on identity, not because I had it together, but because I struggled. Do you know that your struggle is what changes other people's life? I know pastors that have gotten off of drugs. They'll have a lot of people. They've gotten off of drugs. My drug life consisted of drinking Booms Farm several times. I have not gotten hardly anybody off of Booms Farm. It is not that effective a testimony. It just doesn't work. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Especially some of you drinking, like, you drank what? Yeah, that's why I never drank a drunk, because you drink that stuff, you never want to drink anything. Anyway, <laughs> it was a trick of God. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on. We're having fun here. Uh, sir, you have the uh, white hair, red the shirt there. Yes. And is that your wife to the... Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. If not... <laughs> if not, I was going to turn you into pastor, because you're hanging all over through the service, so I'm just really concerned. <laughs> Anyway, so, so say your first name. Guy. Guy. Okay, I met you back there, but you look different from up here. I'm serious. I, 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 okay, Guy, I, I felt like this. Guy, this is going to be a time, and I felt like I could see your foot against the accelerator of the car, and it was very, it was very definitely advancing but it wasn't like mashing it on. It was like a, a, a slow acceleration. And I knew this. It was like an indie driver that was actually knew the power and they were taking very careful the way they made the move because they recognized the power that was in the vehicle. I felt this. God has given you a sensitivity of spirit not just to mash it down, but to literally advance with wisdom. And I felt this was going to be a very strategic season to pass what's blocking in front of you. I felt that something that felt like you could not get around, it almost felt like five, three, five years ago. I don't know, maybe it happened twice. It was like five and three years ago. Something where it looked like you almost advanced and it didn't happen. And God said, but watch this next year how I position you to go to another level that you've been desiring and seeing. It's like you got missed five, three, but you're going and watch this. This is going to be a time of like a, a Daniel moment where he passed from, you know, the kingdom changed, but he kept his position. But this is like an advancement. 
And I just release that in Jesus' name. And, and I felt like this. The Lord says, my daughter, I'm getting ready to open your eyes up in the realm of the spirit. I'm going to start releasing a seer anointing. And the Lord said, different words have come to you at different times. But you're going to start seeing things by the spirit. And I just release that anointing. And I just say, in the name of Jesus, do you prophesy some? You're going to prophesy a lot more. So I just lay my mantle on you. I just release even a realm of the prophetic to come over you. I thank you, Father God. You take him into experiences. I don't know why, but I felt like God said there's going to be a great counseling anointing and many people's lives will be changed because of the two of you. And, and I heard this last part. When you hear what they're saying, hear what I'm saying above what they're saying and make the two come together. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just having, while I'm down here, sir, what's your name? Kevin. Kevin. I like that name. I have a younger brother, Kevin. And this is your wife there too, sitting there, okay. And your name is? I'll try to remember. So if you record, Kevin, I don't know why. Uh, Kevin, I felt like I just heard this, and I'm not saying this is what you do, but it's a prophetic picture. I saw you like a truck driver. You were driving down the road. You're picking up stuff. You're putting it in the back going down the road, picking up stuff and putting it in the back. And God said, I'm going to give you the ability to pick stuff up and deliver it to other people. And the Lord said, it's not just about you getting somewhere. It's about you taking something to people. God said, I've given you an anointing to deliver the goods. And the Lord said, I'm putting a lot of stuff in your life for you to pick up, to take to other people. I felt like I saw you uh, like you were blocking for someone. I don't know if you ever played football in the natural, but you should have if you didn't. But I felt, did you ever play football? You did, okay. But I felt like I saw you blocking for someone. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just tell you a story about a pastor I know who, who had that position. He said, when I played on the team, this running back had more yards than any other runner in the history of the school. He said, you know why? I was running in front of him, knocking everybody out of the way. He wasn't as good as the record shows. He was good behind me. And he said, I was fast enough to keep ahead of him for a lot of the whole runs. But he didn't have the position, but he blocked. I really felt like God said, I'm going to cause you to even be a blocker for the pastor. And, you know, that's... You know, somebody said, well, I don't know if we should do this. Say, you know, the Lord's, the Lord's taking care of that. Well, somebody, I know this, this doesn't happen in this church, but there's a church down the road. This happens sometimes, you know, where, what, why aren't we doing this and that? I just felt like this. There are people that actually cause strife to go out the door. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit, but I felt like this. I just released that anointing in the spirit realm. And I felt this. You have such a gentle spirit. And I don't know why, but I felt like this. You're going to start coaching other people, and you're going to be one that actually trains people like a health trainer. And I just release that. You're going to keep people healthy. Uh, the Lord says, daughter, I'm getting ready to open up. And, you know, I felt like I saw this picture. It reminded me of something my grandmother had. And it had all these, uh, all these jams, jellies, and fruit that they would preserve. It was was different. And, and, like, they would have them in a basement, 
and actually had a dirt floor and it was cool because they just keep it. That's what they did in those days. And I felt like this. God said, you're going to go into places that look dark and you're going to pull out that which has been reserved and preserved for another day. And the Lord said, you're going to be a counselor of hope. You're going to be a that I've, I've given you an anointing to bring deliverance to people. I felt like when people come to you, your prayers get answered. And you're going to be known as a lady who gets her prayers answered. There's miracles in your hand. Just put out your hands right now. I release the miracles of heaven to flow through these hands in Jesus' name. And I say dreams from heaven, unusual dreams, are going to come to you. And the last thing, I heard this. There's an inheritance you have not yet received that's on the way. Now... Amen. We're doing good. Um, one of the things that, as, as I talk to people, and you say, well, why, why is prophecy so important? Because when God speaks over people, it breaks the words enemy spoke over you. It breaks the words other people negatively spoke over you. And the worst one is it breaks the negative words you speak over you. Because they have the most power, not really the devil's. And also, it makes you dream beyond your dreamer. I remember having prophecies, and I thought, you know, people just like me. That could never be me. I'm, I'm just serious, you know. Yeah. You know, I, can, can I help somebody? I'm going to stand up here a minute, and I'm going to come down again. I, I want you to see, I want to look at your faces. I knew I'd never be a failure. Had no problem with that. I believed I would be successful, but I never believed I could be really successful. And uh, one day, the Lord and I were having a talk, and he said, uh, he said, Dale, uh, do you believe you're successful? Yeah, I said, yeah. He said, well, what do you really think? He said, well, you know, you know I feel like I'm above average. He looked at me with this voice. He said, I did not die for you to be above average. Would you quit it? That is not humility. That, friends, is a lie from hell for anybody to just be above average. Now, it doesn't mean I need to beat somebody in every area. But in some area, there's extraordinary if you have to be extraordinary in every area, get over your ego. There's something you actually are pretty terrible at. And if you don't know it, your husband or wife will inform you. They can, they can speak into that. Are you with me? But if you get in this area, that's where your genius is. That's where you work. That's where you make it happen. And I find that when I stick with what God has given me, and this might sound funny, sort of like that guy, baseball in high school, professional. You know what the truth is? The guy can't even hit what he throws. A pitcher in the professional level, he can't even hit what he throws. He stands up there and smiles while they strike him out. As a professional courtesy, often he doesn't even swing his bat. Because I'll really look stupid. But every once in a while, the, the guy, he'll just do a chop. And, and I saw one where the pitcher hit a home run. 
And everybody on the whole field goes, it's a miracle. God's in the place. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> I've, I've seen the expression on people's faces. You know? And the guy's like, I don't even know how to run the bases. I don't even, I've never done this. <laughs> so how many of you know every once in a while God will just, God will use us. It, it reminds me that this one time I I know it's hard to believe, but I was in an airport and I had an attitude. How many know you can have an attitude that's like sin? You know, you're still a pastor, but just something going on. And uh, the Lord talked to me and he said, uh, I'm going to go minister to that woman. And uh, I said, Jesus, forgive me. This lousy attitude, take away this, call it what it is, call it a sin, take it away. And I walked over to her and I, I said, you know, I'm a Christian. When I look at people, God shows me things. That's what I tell people. I tell them, I'm a Christian. When I look at people, God shows me things. I've never had an unbeliever say, I don't believe it. I've only had Christians say that. All the heathen believe God talks to us. Listen, America, it's a crazy world out here. Do you, do you remember the disciples? After Jesus does a miracle, now we really believe. Then he doesn't. Now we believe you're the son of God. You know, the only people that knew who Jesus was every day? Oh, the son of God. The demon possessed. <laughs> Welcome to the life of Jesus. The demon possessed have it right. My disciples are trying to catch up. Live in my world for a while. <laughs> so anyway, I, I gave the word to the woman and she's weeping, she's crying and I was feeling pretty good. And I walked away and I just said, Lord, I said, why would you ask me to minister to that woman? And he said, because I knew you'd do it for me. And I, I was really smiling and, and he just said, and you were the best thing I had within 50 feet. <laughs> Sometimes you just may be the best thing he has within 50 feet and it's really not about you, it's about them. So get over you and get your you moving. Do it. Are you with me? I, I just love our Father. And, and what he does is he keeps advancing us. Uh, this, this one man back here, not quite to the cheap seats, but getting back here. You, what's your name, sir? Sam. Sam, glad you're here. This is your, your wife. Okay, okay. Yeah, sometimes they'll say friends. I don't know. So I see the ring now. It reminds me of a story I might tell you later. Okay. Sam. Sam, I felt like this is a part. Uh, I felt like uh, sometimes you felt like you were a used car salesman and you're like, uh, I'd like to sell something new. And I felt like God said, this is going to be a time that he puts new in your future. And I'm not talking about cars. I'm talking about not used ideas, but new ideas. I'm talking about a new dream. I'm talking about, and I feel like this is a developing thing inside of you. Now, when I just looked at you, I just asked God, and I just heard the number 45. Now, you're not 45. Where are you at? Okay, 34. Now, you know what? That's very interesting because, you know, when I, 
when I, you have to understand, when I start getting in this realm, I really don't look for details or clues, so don't ever take this. But the interesting thing is 45, 34 is 11. 11 is, is the number of years of transition. Now, I know some people think Jesus could come, and he may, but if he does, then you get more time to do the same thing. I feel like this. These next 11 years, you're going to see the hand of God markedly transitioning. When you hit 45, you're going to look back and say, look what God did in my life. And you're going to think, used car salesman, new car salesman, the key is you're not selling what somebody else had. You're, you're, you're going to give what has come directly to you. That's the key. And I felt this, it's almost like being a franchise. And so, Lord, I just thank you, that Lord, that this, this is going to be a time of dealing with the new. And I thank you, Father God, that he has a vision and he has a path in front of him. I felt like in three years there's going to be a shift and then another five years there'll be a shift. And the last three, you'll see the fullness of it. And, and I really encourage you to remember those years. It may seem like a long way, but the older you get, 11 years seems like nothing. How many of you remember when Christmas never came and now they don't stop? <laughs> My God. Okay, you are you with me? So just watch this, but I, I just say the genius of heaven and the favor of God is over you in Jesus' name. The Lord says, my daughter, I've given, I don't know why, the Lord said, I've given you a real estate anointing. And you're going to have the ability to look at property. Do you deal with real estate at all? Where's the sister? In South Carolina. Well, it may run in the family deeper than you think. I don't know what you do, what you like, but whatever, I just feel like land and property will flow through your hands, and it may be with what he's doing. It may be a joint thing. It may be in another dimension, but I feel like this, uh, that you may have the faith to believe for lands, houses, but there's a real estate anointing over you, but I felt like this. God said, your voice has favor, and it will open up doors for other people, but open up doors for you. <coughs> um, I just looked at you. I don't know why this comes to me, but I felt like I saw you like a cheerleader. In the natural, were you ever a cheerleader? Okay, it served you well. A cheerleader. But now this is interesting. I felt like God said, you're about to be cheered on like you've never been in your life, and it's going to be loud in what God's called you to do. So, Lord, I release a spirit of life and anointing. And I feel like this, you're getting ready to break into something brand new. And I don't know, are you guys looking at getting another house? Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I just, sometimes when I get, we see in part, we know in part, but they could, I feel like when it comes to that time or whatever, I just feel like you pray, look, and just see what God shows you. How many know you can get favor from heaven on real estate? There are devil deals. There are God deals. They're all deals. <laughs> okay, are you with me? Um, this, this man over here with the blue shirt on, yeah, that's you. Is, is that your uh, wife? And I like, to, I like to minister. What's your first name? Mark. Mark, I felt like this. You're going to be one. You're going to be one like Jacob. You're going to wrestle with God. And you're going to get the blessing of heaven. And I felt like this. 
the Lord said, I'm not going to let you wrestle with the opinion of man or even your own opinion. And I felt like God said, you're going to go from the place where you felt like you always had to catch up from behind to where God blesses you to go ahead. And I felt this. There are many things you've worked to get to. There's nothing wrong with that. But I felt this. There's a blessing that's going to take you forward. You say, God alone did this. And I don't know why, but I felt like I... Uh, I saw somebody write your name down on a piece of paper and it was very important and it was like a, I don't know, a contract or a deal or something, but I just release it in Jesus' name. And the Lord says, my daughter, I just kept coming back. I just feel there's a real Nehemiah builder anointing on you. I just feel like you're going to build. I don't know if it's buildings or you're building in people's lives, but there's a Nehemiah anointing on you. The Lord says, my daughter... I'm, I'm causing, I felt like this, I saw the darkness coming out of the corner of your eyes. And I felt like it's not about your vision, but it's almost like some dirt the enemy's blown up in your eyes through some situations. And you know when you get dirt in your eyes, you cry a lot about certain things. And I felt this, where you've sowed in tears, you're about to reap in joy. This is going to be a breakthrough season. And God said, I, I saw you praying, and I saw angels being dispatched. This is going to be a very time of angelic presence over something that has been sent from hell. And I just say this, there's a breaker anointing. Watch these next three months. And I even felt like there was going to be uh, something even in a relationship that was going to be healed out of this. And the Lord said, I'm giving you authority to go into the heavens and shift it with prayer. Now, just watch what the Lord does. Watch what the Lord does for you. I'm, I'm just coming around to this uh, woman, woman here that, uh, uh, what's your first name? Miriam. Miriam. That's a good, great name. Miriam. While, while they're going here, okay, uh, Miriam, first of all, uh, you, you have it, therefore, yeah. Miriam, first of all, I felt like I saw you uh, standing like, like in the shadows of his glory. And the Lord said, I'm going to cause you to be a woman that has a heart not just for nations, but for anointings. And the Lord said, you're going to start, I, I, first of all, I felt like I saw a strong teacher mantle come over you. And the Lord said, you're going to want to know the ways of God and teach other people truth. And I felt like this, there's even going to be finances returned that were stolen in a last season. And God said, it's going to be a turnaround anointing for you. I don't know why, but I felt like I, I, I saw somebody, that, like they backed up and they, they tried to dump all this. Uh, you know, sometimes when you build a property, there'll, there'll, be, uh, there'll be dirt they bring that they need. But in this dirt, there was all kinds of garbage and trash. And you knew they didn't bring you the right kind of dirt to build on. And God said, you're always going to be one that looks at the foundation and how it's laid. And the Lord said, you're going to learn how to build with the wisdom of God. And I just felt this. You take out the trash through deliverance and warfare. And when you pray, there is a war that is won in the heavenlies. And I thank you, Father God, for the fire of God on her, the anointing to pray. And I don't know why I felt like God said, you're going, uh, I, don't, I don't know, it's like you were in some embassy or something. But God said, I'm not even going to give you political influence with your prayers and your presence. Let's see what the Lord does there.
Now, is, we're on the uh, teaching side is this. I want to just end with a couple practical things. I'm going to turn it over because we have a lot of things to do. But I want to say this to each of us, to you. I have to keep updating. First of all, I'm going to talk about David for a minute and identity. When he was anointed as a king, as a young boy, he could not shove Saul off the throne. He was still a shepherd boy. But I believe that anointing that came on him is what made him kill the lion and the bear. That was not his natural ability. If you read in the scripture, there's nothing where it really says that he killed the lion with a sling. It says he took the lamb out of the, out of the lion's mouth and they killed the lion. Sounds like a Samson moment. I mean, if you pull a lamb out of a lion's mouth, you look a lot like lunch. <laughs> he's teed off, he's hungry, and you're available. And your skin is not as tough as that furry lamb. It's like, hey, bring it on. I'll, I'll have some ribs. <laughs> okay. It's the truth. So the anointing made David watch the sheep different because what he did, he watched his sheep the way he was going to watch over Israel. And it started changing his training season. Don't ever think your training for reigning is wasted time. If you waste it, when you get there, you'll blow it. Some of the best players in the world never made it because they laid on their talent instead of disciplined it truth so he trained but David ran toward Goliath as a shepherd he walked away a warrior don't you win a battle and it not shift your identity when you win a battle like that you look at yourself differently other people look at you differently you had to be a warrior in those days to be a king you led the battle if you were the king you were the commander-in-chief that meant like our president, he's the commander-in-chief. Are you with me? And so if he is there, he has the right to go to war. If you were the king, you went to battle. You always led. At a certain point, you might drop back, but you always led the charge because that was your mantle. So he walked away, and he was a warrior. Now, this is in my one book, and I'll, I'll talk about this just wrapping up. I'll, yeah, I'll say this. David's worship life did not shift Israel until he became king. What you are will not change what's around you till you start to rule from that position. It'll win battles like Goliath. And I want to say this to you. If you saw my Facebook today, I said, like David, take the sword from Goliath. You take the sword from Goliath. You know what David said? He said, the Lord's going to beat you. And he said, I'm going to kill you. Now, which is it? It's both. God wasn't running toward Goliath till David did. You know why David knew he couldn't lose? He had a future beyond the problem. I've already been anointed past you by several calendar years. I believe this. When David took that sling and threw that stone, it was the biggest curve you've ever seen. If you'll let it fly, God will make it land. He was not that good. His tribe was known for music, not slings. They couldn't hardly hit anything. 
David was not that good with a sling. But he threw it. I think when he picked up five stones, that was his estimation of his ability. Get him with one of them. I believe if David would have missed them, and David would have tripped, a rock would have got between his ankles as he flipped over and landed in the throat of the laughing giant and choked him to death. God was not going to let that giant win. This was fixed. I wish I could have been in Las Vegas. Oh, it wasn't built then. Anyway, okay. But are you with me? This is a reality. So what I'm saying is, as you go into identity shifts, what's true in one season is not true for this season. You better make sure you're right in the season you're in now because you could be acting like a shepherd when you're supposed to be now a warrior. And once you're a warrior, you cannot really ever go back. You can, but you'll have to go around the mountain again. Let every victory shift your identity. I want to pray right now. So, Father, just close your eyes. Father, I just pray right now that everybody in the sound of my voice will come under the sound of your voice. And, Lord, that they would start hearing the whispers of heaven. And, Lord, that you would start shifting people's identity so you could give them the assignments you've dreamed from the day not that they were saved from the day, actually the day before, before their mother ever held them. You knew us. You knew us before our mother ever smiled at us. And you know something about each of us. And I want to say this. You were created by an awesome, great God for something extraordinary. And you can take ordinary and put an X in front of it. Extraordinary. Because nobody will ever do it like you. We'll, we'll talk some more on this a little bit tomorrow. But listen for the whispers of heaven. I also speak this. Dreams from heaven through this weekend. That God will start shifting the way you think. I actually went to bed one night thinking about God dreamt a dream, and I woke up and kept on thinking the dream was a continuation. But what I noticed was the dream elevated my mind in the way my thinking couldn't. Lord, give them dreams from heaven that break limitations off their future that would keep them from going into that which you died to give them. In Jesus' name. I'm, well, one little commercial, look at me, and then we'll go. We have four books. Uh, they'll change your life. If they don't, I'll give you your money back. I really will. I travel a lot. You have to find me. That's your problem. <laughs> but I will give you money back. We have a Jehovah Visa machine. And that means you have faith to pay tomorrow what you buy today. And, uh, but all four books, we, we do a discount for 40. And uh, we're actually doing something special. We, got, we just got USB. We just finally got in the 21st century. Just happened. You're the first place. So if you want to do the books and that, all the teachings of all the series, I mean, it's something like, it's, it's, you'll get tired of my voice by the time you're done, but you'll be changed. You're like, turn Dale off, but I learned something. And my wife's in it. Her book, God, I Feel Like Cinderella, is amazing. She gave that book actually to a woman who read it to Mary Tyler Moore in the last week of her life. She was blind, and this Mennonite woman we met in Lancaster read it to her, and she said, She'd say, read more, read more. After she read it, she went to the hospital. Within days, she died. I believe she's going to be in heaven. Mary, you made it after all. Because there was a prayer of salvation. And 
I would encourage nobody to read it tonight because you'll not go to sleep. You, it's that good. You just won't put it down. My book, you'll have to, David perceived as king, read it, close it, pray. Read it, close it, pray. It's more devotional. And, uh, and the reason I'm saying this is it changed my life to write it and it'll change your life to read it. I, I, if you are on drugs, get another book. I can't help you. But if you have an identity, seriously, I know people, man, they write books. That get, I mean, I know. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So in this part, uh, we have a special deal. And I told my wife, I said, if you get everything, the books, the, the, the teachings, all the CDs and her manual, it's like probably got a zillion dollars, but it's only 139 this weekend. So it's a really great deal. And uh, I just want to thank you, Pastor, for having us here.